black black up everybody my name is James DeFiore and this is Black Bolt we're gonna get right to it today because <clears throat> I was scrolling through my Twitter feed actually no I saw it was trending David Crosby <clears throat> and I got worried and I was expecting to see that uh, uh, that Denzel Washington gif or gif whatever you call it uh, where he's like oh thank god of no one's dead but that didn't happen because uh, David Crosby unfortunately passed away today at the age of 81 and I went to go see, uh, I, I clicked the whole trending thing, and the, the first or second tweet that I saw was from this gentleman. And it was, it reads, sometimes I pinch myself when I look back at the people I worked with who I admired as a kid. I read David Crosby on different occasions. He was his own man. He could be cantankerous. He could be a pussycat. That was Cros, about as real as you can get. And then he had a clip from Long Time Gone from 1969. And I just reached out to him randomly and put this show together last minute just because I thought it was worthwhile. Um, I even wore my Neil Young shirt um, to, to commemorate the occasion. I actually was wearing it today um, before I heard the news, which is why I'm wearing the same thing as I was in the Dean Blundell show. But I would like to welcome now the person that I reached out to, the person who authored that tweet, who worked with Neil Young, uh, sorry, who worked with David Crosby and, um, and has a couple stories to tell. And I, I just thought he was a perfect guest for this type of day and his name is Danny. Is it Durani or Durani? It's Durani. It's Durani. Oh, you're staticky again, but brother. Something happened oh, again. Durani. Durani. Your 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 audio is back to Spaceland. Again. We, yeah, they're, they're, we've had tech issues like this a lot lately. Um, and I kind of feel like it's the restream thing. Maybe people in the in the chat can tell us if all the cancellation cancellation. Yeah, cancel all the uh, noise reduction. You know what? In fact, How's this? That's better. And I have my co-host of Paul Atkinson of the Eager Beaver Podcast is joining us too. I should have just put you in immediately because Paul is our radio or is our audio expert. So Paul, help us. How do I sound now? Do I sound great? Fantastic. Danny, you sound great. Uh, James, there's an echo on your end. Is it on your fault? Are you sure it's my end? Uh, well, hang on. It might be. Let me just check something here. Might be me. <laughs> now James is echoing. Okay, according to Saucy Seawitch. <laughs> am I echoing? Because I just. Oh, I am. Oh, I am. Look at that. Look at that. I don't know what to do about that. Really don't. I'm gonna go in. Isn't it? Is it? Uh oh, we lost James. No, oh, James is still here. I I just I'm here in in lost. Now it's actually raining outside, but my office is usually never medium it's either freezing which is why i have the jacket on um or it is mm. boiling hot and so that's los angeles for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay i don't care I if we have an echo because i'm going to do less do talking, talking since, since it's, it's, it's i think it's, it's me. me okay danny, danny. Um, yes sir give us an so idea of who you are what you do and how you came to work with david crosby uh you know my name is danny duraney you know i've been a I just celebrated my 20th year as a publicist last October. 
Um, I have been an entertainment publicist. I mean, I work in other realms too, but primarily entertain, entertainment publicists representing actors, representing uh, musicians and, and so forth. Uh, and David, David came to me the first time, I think it was one of my first years of, of doing publicity. It was for a book that he was doing. Oh, I can't even remember the name of the title. I, 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 I feel terrible um, when, it, when it came out. And we worked with him then. And then I worked with him again. Uh, I believe it was maybe like five years later when CSN did a tour. I think it was the first time they've toured in a while. They wanted to do a giant media tour to kind of uh, let everyone know that they were coming back. Sorry about that. Yeah, everyone's um, gone. Uh, we're trying to figure out that audio. Here. <laughs> um, no, no, there's a crackle on your end. I don't know what's going on. I have a, a someone that just called me now. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mix minus yeah, is off on my end. So I don't know where the. I love this. I, I love this. You got Ashley here and everyone telling everyone, telling everyone how to to mix here. It's fantastic. <laughs> Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you for just a second. Okay. How's that sound? That is better. Okay, so the, the yeah, we're getting the echo from you. For, it sounds Danny. fine. Yeah, it's from Danny. Yeah, we're getting an echo on your end, Danny. Um, what do I do? Do I do something? You go to the no, you go back to the the uh, the podcast screen with that little wheel, and the then gear? you turn off the noise reduction thing. You should see a little. Gear. Do you want me to try using my iMac microphone? Sure. Sure. Does this make a difference? That is, that the, is most the most amazing, amazing difference, difference of all time. Yes. Okay, then. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, um, do it again. Do it again. Because, because it was, it was really, really crackly. Um, and, and I just want, and I'll edit this down or whatever. This is live now, but that's fine. So you're a music publicist, and you, um, you, st you worked with him, and it was a book tour, correct? It was a book tour. I can't remember the name of it. it I remember... Uh, it was about his uh, activism. I guess it, it really chronicled uh, his activism. It, uh, you know, and, and some, sort of the people, how, what, what influenced him to be an activist. And I actually ended up learning a lot about the different artists that I've never really heard before, like Odetta, the artist, for instance, and uh, people like that. And, you know, some of the concerts he did and just what was uh you know the premise for for all of it and what kind of got him started yeah yeah uh, and, and when when you posted that today I, and, and i reached out to you it's funny i'll just say it um you, you told me several times that you weren't like you didn't know him personally and what what i actually like about reaching out to you is that you um which i learned afterwards is that you were like a fan of his, a really big fan of his early work and you you know and I always like to talk to people. I, I, I've talked to rappers, believe it or not, that, that fit this kind of mold where they uh, grow up listening to like this, you know, one of their heroes, and then they end up like interviewing them or even working with them as an adult. Um, it happens with athletes too. What is that like? Like, like, because I don't know if I've ever experienced that uh, about oh, it, having, it, having, having a hero, having a hero and, and then working with I, I think it depends on the person. Um, you know, I think it was Ray Davies who said, you know, don't meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. Um, and that's happened. <laughs> that's happened many times. Um, but, you know, I've never been one to be starstruck because I think, especially the longer I've been in this business, um, you just got to understand that they're people too, you know, it's like, but they just happen to be famous that everybody knows. Um, I'm, I've never cared for, um, 
you know, I'm not the one who's going to sit and stare if I see a famous person. It's like I leave them alone. I let them do their own business. That's how I was before. And that's I mean, that's how I currently am, even though I deal with celebrities. Uh, dealing with him, it was it was special. I mean, you know, I think about all the times that I've been in as long as I've been in this business and the people who I have, you know, admired. I mean, like I grew up a major, and like I think we we spoke before, James. I was, a, you know, growing up, I was a metalhead. You know, my favorite bands were Black Sabbath and Ozzy, and I'm most people who know me, my friends, will associate me with Kiss. I end up wrapping up Gene Simmons later in life, and then Ozzy. It's like, how? Or the same thing. It's like I read Spider-Man comics every single day when I was a kid. I worked with Stan Lee for a bit. It's like, how does this even happen? You don't realize it until maybe it's it's later. Um, later on when you, when when you're sitting there going like who would have thunk that you know like all these years later that you're you end up working with these people some of them you become friends with others you you know you just it's just a working relationship but i think it, it it's it depends on the person you know i think some people might just be i think the, i think the person that is going to be all uh whatever you say uh you know so-and-so it, it's going to be correct and they'll just end up being a yes man to that person and not really look out for their well-being um they're going to be more enamored with that person i know i got a job to do you know i know i got to get that person press i got to get you know take care of a bad situation or any situation I, I that's just what i'm supposed to be doing but but when you meet someone you admire it's kind of like one of those things uh, there's maybe like a couple people where i've gone holy shit, I met this person. <laughs> you know, I've, I've met this person, which, you know, like someone who may be a recluse, you know, like a Joni Mitchell or someone like that. It's like, why did I meet this person? How did I get to be here? <laughs> um, uh, by the way, guys, we, we look like, um, like, like a skinhead convention right now. I just want to point that out. Just yes. For the, for the play <laughs> on it. We have about six hairs on our head between us. And uh, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I, I think we all like being bald. We all have a good shape. Danny, you could probably use closer uh, shape on the rest of the, you know, it's, it's gone, buddy. This is actually about two weeks where I haven't uh, shaved my head. That's right. So, um, um, okay. okay. Um, I think some I people think some are still people getting forget. distortion and some aren't, which is weird. Okay, and now I have a Danny, for that. Do you have headphones, Danny? <sighs> They're so messed up. I'll try it. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're getting echo through. It's coming through, through, through your speakers. So when I talk, your your mic is picking up my voice. Let's see if it works. Let's see if it works. I don't know. This always, always makes for makes riveting, riveting podcasts, podcast, by, by the way. Um, um, while Danny well, sorts that out, um, um, do you have an example? Uh, and let's get back to David. Actually, before you before you say anything, I want to play a clip, and then have you come back because you're a great person to talk to about this. I just, you know, this is sort of in your wheelhouse of of good emotion and, and music and all tied into one. But this is, uh, I think it's um, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, this is uh, David Crosby on Howard Stern. You've had so many health problems. You're now, you know, I don't know, close to 80 or something. And you always see yourself as a guy running out of time. Well, you know, I am at the end of my life, Howard, and it, it's a very strange thing. And here's what I've come to about it. It's not how much time you got, because we really don't know. Uh, I, I could have two weeks, I could have 10 years. It's what you do with the time that you do have. And so I'm trying to really spend it well. Whatever each day that I get, I'm very grateful for. And I try to 
do it making music. I think the world needs music. How is your health? Like, uh, I know you suffer from a lot. Surprisingly good, man. It's I wow. Nothing's broken yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> I am. <laughs> And I, I, I'm going to get dinged for that probably on YouTube, but I, I, I'll fight it, and then they'll say yes because he died that day, and it was a mm-hmm. tribute. So, um, but Paul, you know, I, this is just about just mortality. About- he was 81. He lived a very full life. But um, is it profound to you, like it is to me, to sort of see someone talk about their death, and then uh, the day that they die, you know, is about a year and a half later? Yeah, you know. As 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 I get older, each year I recognize that I have a limited number of days left. I mean, I'm quite a bit younger. I'm 54. But I think when I turned 50, I started to realize, you know, there's only a certain number of days you have left. And, and I'm sure he sure felt he the, felt same, the way. same way. In that, you know, he discovered, okay, uh, let's try and get everything done that I possibly can in the time that I have left. And, you know, there's something to be said about finding peace in that. You know, you're not struggling as much anymore. It's like, okay, you know, I've only got this much time left. I'm at the end of my life. It could be any day. It could be two or three years from now. Who knows? So let's make the most of it. And, I mean, he ended up, what, selling his entire catalog out um, for I, whatever the money was. is irrelevant to me. Um, he, he had to do it because he wasn't able to tour because of COVID. And, I mean, you're not making money on, on YouTube. Uh, streaming services unless you're somebody like i don't know justin bieber or drake or something like that so a lot of these artists are really doing what they have to do to just stay afloat now i mean springsteen sold his catalog for what 700 million (laughs) which is a little bit more than staying afloat but you know (laughs) yeah no um it's 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 strange uh, to 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 see the generational differences and the people that have been in the business from like early vinyl to nft you know and the mm-hmm. people that you know bridging those gaps um danny tell me about the uh, purple poster there over your shoulder the purple poster which i don't know if you guys can see too well see this way like right that one yeah, yeah. Uh, uh that was you know when you i don't know how many of your listeners have been to the fillmore west but when you go to the fillmore uh, one of the cool things they've always done, I mean, the ones are old ones are really worth a lot of money, but what they always do is they, they, they have a poster waiting for you when you leave, um, which is kind of neat. And I saw Crosby, Stills and Nash, probably one of the most incredible performances I saw because they kind of played their hits, but then they just were storytelling and, and playing some random songs that I didn't expect to hear. Um, and, uh, you know, I walked out with that poster. And then I got to, when I, I think I alluded to it earlier in, in, in uh, the program, uh, I got to work with them on a media tour when they were announcing their uh, concert. And I was able to actually get that signed by the trio. Um, I don't know if you can see, I think you can kind of see, let's see. Yeah, Cross is right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. 
We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Did you get a sense of what he was like as a person in the brief time that you had with him in a one-on-one thing? You, you know, Cross was was definitely interesting. You know, he he didn't have time for bullshit. Uh, he was very he was a very real. I, I I what I kind of when I think of him, I think of like kind of like all of us where we kind of have all these like foibles. Foibles is that the word? Um, they were. They were. Um, where we all have these like traits about ourselves. You know, we have moments where we just don't want to deal with anything. We have don't. We have moments of happiness. Uh, we have moments of uh of euphoria, whatever they are. And Crosby kind of wore all that on his sleeve and let whatever comments he wanted to make, uh, they would they would come out. And I think you've seen that with interviews. I think you've seen that, uh, you know, there's so much Crosby, Stills, and Nash footage from over the years that, that I mean, you can see. I mean, there's like Graham and, and David arguing over, I mean, usually it was over, you know, David's drug addiction, but, you know, there's there, the videos out there. I mean, like even the few years ago, that gentleman that was in the Hollywood Reporter tried to do a, a podcast. He wanted to know more about his early life, and Crosby was, you know, you're at the age where you're kind of sick and tired of telling the same old stories over and over. What was Joni Mitchell like? Tell me what was like with the birds. I mean, you know, you're in your late seventies and you're saying these things. It's like, uh, you know, you're you're kind of done with it, but. Mm-hmm. But he, he really wore his. I think he really wore his heart in the sleeve, and 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 deep down, you know, he was a good guy. But you know, again, he's one of those people who's not afraid to let what he has to say be said, even if whether it's a pro, not appropriate in a bad way, but but something that might offend somebody or maybe get angry. Um, but at other times, he was very gentle. You know, I mean, he was he was very kind. I mean, with me, you know. It, I, you know, I don't fanboy as much as I wanted to fanboy with him and just ask him questions, um, you know, about music, about uh, the Laurel Canyon scene, which I'm obsessed with. Um, yeah, those, those, I mean, those were the kind those were the kind of those were the kind of things where I would be, you know, this is pretty awesome. I mean, this is, you know, again, it's one of those pinch me moments, whatever, where it's like, you know, I'm sitting here talking about the Laurel Canyon scene with with David Crosby. It's like, why you know um i think that's i i i just always think it's interesting what people are like uh one-on-one um you did mention as well and uh paul i'm gonna throw it to you on this um that he was a person that spoke his mind he pissed off his bandmates for basically um uh, doing political screeds uh on stage between songs um and uh, would talk a lot about the Robert Kennedy uh, assassination conspiracy theories and things like that around that time. Sorry, sorry, that'd be JFK, I think. No, it, no, it, well, I, I, read, I just read Robert, but maybe what I read was wrong. But either way, um, you know, th- and they, um, but he he may have been one of the first to really, in my mind, like start that trend that was picked up by people like Chuck D or Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine. You know, um, Paul, 
like do you view him like that like like as a political kind of oh yeah absolutely blazer and that's i mean he 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 was raging about politics in the 60s on stage in concert nobody did that back then back then it was play the show so you could sell the record and that was it and he never held back he always spoke his mind right from the get-go I got to respect that. And I mean, he did make a lot of enemies and he did piss off his bandmates and it was the end of CSNY and then the end of CSN as a result. But, you know, I respect the fact that the man spoke his mind and, and was always principled when it came to his politics. He did go, you know, off on rants, but I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, insane drug use for a number of years. And the fact that he lived as long as he did. I remember in the mid eighties, I thought that he's going to be dead any day now. Because he was, he was, you know, on, like he made Robert Downey Jr. look like a, um, a Boy Scout in comparison for his his rampaging drug use at the time, which you know you says, know, a, says lot, a lot. Because Robert Downey Jr. was pretty heavy duty back then, but yeah. they both cleaned up, thank goodness. And and you know, he, he continued to tour and he reunited with his son. I think that he didn't even know existed for a number of decades, wow. and you know, he became part of the band. So. And and you have to look at some of the songs that he wrote. I mean, my goodness, Wooden Ships, uh, Guinevere, like the contribution to music, Eight Miles High, for example, from when he was with the birds. I mean, good God. Just kind of ironic that his first hit was uh, a cover of uh, Tambourine Mr. Man. Mr. Tambourine Man, yeah, by, uh, yeah. by uh, Bob Dylan. But I want to bring Danny back in because I can see it like the whole time Paul's talking and we haven't muted because of the tech thing and this is how I'm solving it. Um, but uh but I, I, you're gonna. Your neck must be sore from nodding your head and things that that Paul is saying. So, uh, what? Yeah, go, yeah, ahead, go ahead. Well, I can't. Well, I, I can't speak. So, so I just gotta go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I almost, concur, Paul. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think Paul hit it on the head. Um, you know, anybody, anybody that's listening right now, I mean, they can go and 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 listen to. I don't know if there's video of it, but you can listen to the Monterey Pop Festival, and 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 Cross is just. Uh, uh, just going off i mean i i believe i mean for no reason song ends and he just goes um yeah the jfk assassination uh you know the, is uh you know there's there was more than one shooter uh people have been suppressed people have been murdered you know and, you're, and the birds are like what which eventually it ended it, it landed him getting fired from the band um but he has always been like that i think in the rock and roll sense, I think he's one, I wouldn't say he's the first, but he would definitely, I mean, and he might be the first in the rock and roll sense. I mean, other people were doing it before him, but I think more on in the rock and roll zeitgeist, absolutely, you know, a trailblazer as far as speaking his mind. But also I think, you know, as you, again, Paul said, I mean, as the drugs wore off, he became more conversational. He became more calm. Uh, and he was always, you know, trying to, you know, just raise awareness of what, you know, whether you believed in them or not. Uh, he was always trying to raise awareness and trying to, you know, what he believed was doing something for the greater good. Yeah, his politics, um, you know, there are basically two schools of thought. Um, it's either you are a person who... Uh, wants to combine your art with your politics or your person that does not want to do that. Um, if you're a person that does, is there, is there a responsibility to anybody other than the principle of just being a person who speaks his mind, Danny? Danny? If you are going to speak 
politics. I mean, I think as far as, you know, it's from a publicist perspective, I always tell my clients, if you're going to speak your mind, you know, especially on social media, in this day and age, make sure you have a, a, a clear thought of what you're saying and not, not just going off by your emotions. Um, because that can get you into a lot of not, it could get you into trouble if you say the wrong thing and you didn't mean to say what you said. Um, that's a mouthful. Um, you know, I, I think if, it, 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 as far as just the political political discourse in general, I mean, if you're having just a pleasant conversation and say you're, you're talking with someone who doesn't agree with you, the conversation, as long as the other person's kind of the same way, if, if you are both having a pleasant conversation, ooh, everyone's gone. Is this my show now? Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm kidding. I just wanted to say that. I'm taking <laughs> over. Um as long as the discourse is is pleasant you're going to have a good conversation you're going to you're going to learn you're going to learn more from each other i think um you know in crosby's sense crosby um he probably in the beginning you probably would have just gone oh my god you know if you didn't believe if you didn't believe what he said or whatever but some people might have found it exhausting um, but I think when it came to, you know, later on in life, it, it was just, it was a more pleasant conversation. The discourse was, was soft. It was, I mean, he was still passionate, but it was soft. You weren't, it wasn't annoying. Um, that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, it it does. does. Um, Paul, uh, welcome back. I, I, everything's weird on my end right now. It's like there's a poltergeist yeah. or something. Cause, um, uh, you know, people are frozen. Um, Danny, you've been sitting like this for like 20 minutes on my screen <laughs> and I've been full screening you trying to figure out how to do it. I, Paul was just like this frozen. So yeah. I, I kicked him out entirely. Actually, that's what I'll do. Danny, sign back in. <laughs> Remove you. Weird um, stuff. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it, it's happening a lot. Um, but with the tech stuff, but anyways, uh, you know, I, I did throw to the, to, together this show kind of willy nilly and I'm glad I did though, because I, I'm not a person who, I'm a person who knows songs and I know how to mm-hmm. sing along to songs, but I probably know producer and then the feud between him and nash i guess um you know whoever that person uh, you know i i'm not again i'm not familiar i'm graham familiar nash. with the crosby and the young out of yeah. those people right well david um, crosby neil young graham nash and stephen stills stephen stills of course was in uh, uh buffalo springfield uh which is where so how david crosby came about as csny because buffalo springfield was a band Neil Young was in Buffalo Springfield along with uh, Graham Nash and Stephen Stills. And David Crosby got kicked out of the birds after appearing on stage with uh, the birds one night. And they kind of booted him from the band as a result. And that's how CSN came about. And then Neil Young joined for their second album, uh, Deja Vu, which is still one of the greatest. uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I've struggled to call it a rock record because it's like a country folk rock record with some of the greatest harmonies ever put to vinyl. It's just an incredible album. And it, it turned, what, uh, 50, uh, is it two years ago? Three years three ago. Years ago 19, now, 19, 19, yeah, yeah, 1970 was when it came out. And, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at their first record here. I've got it up on one of my playlists. And it's like the songs on it, Sweet Judy, Blue Eyes, Marrakesh, Express, Guinevere, um, Wooden Ships, like... Everybody's talking, teach your children, like 
good God, man, just incredible songwriting from that, that group. And I don't know that we'll ever, ever have anything like that again in our lifetime where you'll get these unique uh, individuals all have their own very much their own identity, but they come together to form this one cohesive group that puts out some of the greatest music ever recorded in the last 75 years. I mean, Danny, I mean, Danny. Deja, Deja Vu is, 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 forget about forget it. About it's about one it. of the greatest records ever, period. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I mean, those first two albums, I mean, I think, I think, um, Neil Young kind of joined right after they made the f- first album. I, I don't know what his contributions were to the first one. I don't recall. Um, cause I know he played at Woodstock. Um, I remember I remember watching something with with uh on TV once and it was it was uh Crosby was talking about Neil Young and I remember it was when Young backed out at, I think of like Woodstock 94 or whenever it was or was complaining about it. I remember him just like you know you can say what you want about Neil Young but good god those songs <laughs> those songs and really with you know uh, I think we're blessed. I, I always say the two rock and roll capitals of the world, you know, you take the British invasion and then just Los Angeles, all the rock bands that have come out of Los Angeles. And you're like, oh my God. And, but how I wasn't alive, but I mean, how fortunate during that whole Laurel Canyon session, I mean, the, all the people that were there, you know, even coming to visit, whether it's the Beatles, I mean, the Beatles writing songs from revolver while visiting, uh, you know, or, you know, the monkeys or Eric Clapton or all these people. I mean, just that sound and the quality of songs and how you can just, you know, I mean, album life, I think, is dead. I mean, in general, but so many of those groups that made it, I mean, arguably, you can say that Crosby, Stills and Nash and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young at that time were the biggest band in the world. I mean, they just were ginormous. But but to pick like I mean, there's like no filler on those albums. <laughs> there's no filler. You know, it, it's if you're a fan of that music, and you and you can go to almost every one of those artists that kind of came from the LA scene. I mean, whether it's the Eagles, whether it's Jackson Brown, uh, even Carol King moving from Jersey to to to, uh, to Laurel Canyon, and and Joni friggin' Mitchell. That there's like no filler, almost no filler on any of those albums. And that was that that was where the um I don't know if it was accidental or, and and identified as this retroactively. I may be just making it up right now. <laughs> I'm not sure. But um <clears throat> where it was like albums were treated more like movies. Like they like instead of just a song listing, you know, the the pictorial artwork on the inside, the lyrics, um, you know, the the tributes and shout outs or whatever you want to call it, the political messages. You know, these were all things that were not happening really before that, right? Like, and 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 that maybe popularized it a little bit. I I could be way off on that, Danny. I, you know, I mean, I I think the difference is is that the music that started in the '60s, I think, began to be more obvious that it was political. Um, you know, everybody back in the 50s and, and, you know, prior to that, everything was about love and, you know, being with your honey and, and let's 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 rock and roll. And if we're just talking from a rock and roll perspective, you know, some of the like the standards of the American songbook from, you know, back in the day, 
if they were, they were so subtle that you probably didn't get it, you know, whether it's like a Gershwin tune or, or, or something like that. There are a lot of like in jokes where, you know, everything was more out in the open and you know, once, once the Beatles came and they started singing about other things that weren't about peace and love. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, especially in the late sixties, um, probably after Altamont, uh, people were just sick of, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and people want to go, we, I'm angry. I want to fight. You know, I want to do something. I mean, that's when you saw bands like Alice Cooper coming into, you know, making their, making their headway and, and other groups. And you had people who were just singer songwriters, like, you know, James Taylor, just kind of coming out and, and doing his own thing. A lot of people just doing their own things. Um, but I think the, the lyrics just were more obvious, you know, um, you take i mean let how do we're protesting the vietnam war you know you know black sabbath with that dark uh energy of 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 living in birmingham england you know singing songs about you know, like war pigs or children of the grave like being more serious like what the heck are we doing we need peace we need to you know you know these kids can't be dying and um you know woodstock was was the epic of that all i mean it's like it was peace and love but you know the people were coming up there like the um uh, uh, country Joe and the Fish, the Fixin' a Dirac, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. it is, uh, you know, the, there was more of that anger coming through, and obviously, which of course led to the protests and and led to you know marches and so forth. But it was just a, it it was really the beginning of being more of, of wearing their emotions out on their heart and their sleeve of 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 songwriting. It was different. I think it definitely changed it. It changed, I think, how we, you know, we write music today. It's like, okay, if they can sing, sing about that, we can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have to wrap. Um, I know it seems really short, but there's a bunch of tech stuff. But um, uh, let's do this proper again. And, and Danny, we'll have you back and we'll talk about a, a bunch of stuff. Um, I'd and, be happy um, to join. You know, I'm, I'm really liking was... where the conversation was going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And listen, um, I have another show in five minutes with Karima, and I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to keep her waiting. But um, yeah, uh, Danny, Drenny, thank you so much for joining us. Um, um, we will talk again. Um, and I really appreciate your input. Your input here. here. Anytime, man. My pleasure. Right, Thanks, guys. Further. Take care. Um, yeah, I, I, and people are saying my audio is my audio sound bad again, Paul? Uh, you, you're you're low, but it's clear now. Like it's just like your this is that a bit better? A little bit. bit yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, it feels like people, uh, if there's if there's a person on a phone, a <laughs> computer, and, and and something else, like they all are hearing the, the audio differently. Mm. I, don't know, I don't know if that's possible, but that's what it feels like. But, well, um, it, it, it's. I think if he like uh, he's. I don't think he had a good set of functioning headphones because we were getting, like he was able to hear us through the speakers. But restream is not like a Zoom call, right? <laughs> Where it's yeah. designed for what we're doing, you should have headphones on in Restream. Whereas in a Zoom call, it's it's got all these digital things that are that are you know muting the sound so the mic doesn't pick it up and vice versa. It's not the same with Restream because Restream is just spitting it out across a hundred different platforms. It's it's just a different software the way it works. So Holy yeah, it, like, someone just said that they couldn't hear me ninety percent of the time, and while half the people were like, "Oh, thank God," the other half were like. <laughs> I thought I could hear him. Is this better, everybody? Is this is this more of a, uh, of a volume that's acceptable? <clears throat> I don't want to sound like that guy, though. So, um, mm. but either way, um, Paul, great. What an what an interesting fellow, though. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad that um, that the tech thing happened. It, it, you know, I had a good streak going for like two months where I had no tech mm. issues, and then all of a sudden in the last week, it's just like, I wonder what the tech issue is going to be about now. Like, you know, so. 
whatever. And, and, and there's like, a, and there literally is a million solutions. It's like, did you check your browser settings? Is it your preferred browser? Did you check the audio settings on the podcast? Did you check the, uh, the computer settings on itself? Is there anything muted? Did you happen to have a phone nearby? Are you on Safari? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just fucking. I know. It's a headache, right? Uh, I just gave you the guys the cheat code for Restream in case you guys start a podcast, by the way. Um, Paul, listen, um, we'll see you tomorrow. If you feel like joining us for Casual Friday, you obviously have an open invite. And um, Thanks, brother. Thank you for joining us tonight on such short notice. I appreciate it, buddy. All good. All good. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. Paul Atkinson, Danny Draney, um, David Crosby passed away today, and I thought it was apropos to have uh, his his one-time publicist. He's worked with him, uh, I think, a bunch of times as a, in his capacity as a publicist. Um, Danny Draney, really interesting guy. Um, we'll, we'll get him back on the show. Thank you again, Paul Atkinson, and we'll see you literally in like two minutes on Black Bolt. Thanks, everybody. Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Black, black, black It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.